Genesis 7, 1 through 5. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heaven, also male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made. I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did that all the Lord had commanded him. Now before we pray, because we always need to pray when we approach God's word, I just want to let you know, children in the room, uh, I wrote this sermon for you guys. And the adults are going to be listening in, but I really wrote it with the children in mind. Uh, but also knowing that anytime I do this, I get more adults than ever coming up and saying, that was really good. I, I could really hang with that one. So it, it's a sermon for all of us. But before we get into it, would you pray with me and ask for God to help us? Father, we are so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for this rhythm you've given us every week of coming together and slowing down and listening to your voice. And I just ask that you would help us to hear it this morning. Every person of every age in the room, please speak to us through your word in power. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's pretend this is school and it's a pop quiz. And it's one question, and you have to write down the answer. And the question is, what is Genesis chapter 1 through 6 about? What is Genesis 1 through 6 about? And you don't answer out loud right now, but think about it. What would you write down on your paper? And you can even flip through. You might have headings in your Bible and sort of see what the headings have to say and think about it. What are these first six chapters of this first book of the Bible What's it about? You might say creation, or you might say sin, or you might say God, or God and his creation, God and his people. I think there's truth to all that. There's different ways you can answer that question. But I want to suggest to you that one very accurate way to answer that question, what is Genesis 1 through 6 about, the first chapters of the Bible? It's about God talking. It's about God talking talking, saying stuff. That's an aspect of this whole passage of Noah and the ark that I think we might overlook if, we're not, if we don't slow down enough to notice it. Genesis 1 through 6 is about maybe several things, but one of the central things is it's about God talking and saying things. If you go back through, as I did this week, and maybe you should do it too, those first six chapters, and just make tally marks for every time we are told that God said something or told something significant about God saying something, you would find that there are almost 30 times that's mentioned in only six chapters. 30 times it's mentioned, the Lord said, God said this. So take creation, the first two chapters of Genesis. In those chapters, 13 times we're told, God said this. And it's not just him talking. It's him creating. Everything he created, it begins by saying, and the Lord said, let there be. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be the sky. 
and there was the sky. God said, let there be oceans, and there were oceans. And he spoke these things. He talked them into being. The next chapter, Genesis chapter 3, we get the beginning of what's called the fall, when sin enters the world, when people started to do bad things and failed to do good things. Fifteen times we're told that God said this, God said that, God spoke and God talked. Some of you who grew up in Sunday school know all these stories very well. When the serpent slithered up to Eve, what did he say to her? Did God really say you can't eat of these trees? The first thing he did was to make Eve question about what God said, what God had been talking about. And then when they sinned, God cursed them, and each curse was spoken. It says, the Lord God said to the serpent his curse, and it became true. The Lord God said to the woman her curse, and it came true. The Lord God said to Adam his curse, and it came true. And then he goes on and he speaks to Cain, and he he speaks in here. We've read him speaking out loud about his sadness, about sin, the bad things we do. And then we see him speaking to Noah, and that's where we enter our passage in 7, 1, Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord God said to Noah, go into the ark. He talked to him. Now, in any story you read, you'll see that people talk, and they'll say, such and such said this, such and such said that. That's normal in any kind of history or story. But this is different. We see in these chapters that God's words do things that our words cannot do. God's words do things that our words cannot do. He created with his words. You know, my son Elias plays Legos intensely. I think he's some sort of super genius with Legos. And he creates amazing things with Legos, as maybe some of you kids do, and maybe some of you older people did. But he's always had to use his hands. He's never been able to walk into his room and say, let there be a fortress. And the Legos assemble themselves into a fortress. But God's words can do that kind of thing. God can speak, and out of nothing, things can be created. God can speak, and things can be cursed. And as we see in the story of Noah, God can speak, and people can be saved. He saved Noah and his family first through speaking to Noah and telling him what to do. Now, the children in the room, okay, if you're already phasing out, come back to me for just a minute. This is an important thing for you. As you, you're young, you're building your life, you're figuring out who you want to be, how the world works. All right, let this be like, you know, you know Legos have that big square that you can build on. Ace knows what I'm talking about. Everybody know what I'm talking about? There's a big flat square and you can build on it. Let this be one of the big flat squares for your life. God has spoken. He didn't have to speak. Some people build their life as though God hasn't spoken. And they live as though this doesn't exist. But he has spoken. And if you'll accept that now and build your life on that fact, you'll be way better off. God spoke, and then as we see in our passage, Noah listened. Then the Lord God said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household. Just listen to the things that God spoke to Noah. For I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, 
and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. So the Lord said all this to Noah in verse 5, very important verse for us this morning. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. So God spoke and Noah listened. God spoke and Noah listened. Have you ever spoken to someone and they weren't listening? I have. Perhaps I am right now. But God spoke and Noah listened. Now we know from the story that Noah is righteous and blameless and he walked with God. Noah was a great guy in God's eyes. God really liked Noah, was really proud of Noah. What does that look like to be righteous and blameless and walk with God? Well, the only thing we see that Noah does is he listens to God. You know, last week we saw God say a lot of things to Noah and talk to Noah. And then the last verse of that uh, chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. He listened. The last verse of our passage today, Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. So Noah was really, really good. He was really, really righteous. And the main thing we see that he does as a righteous person is listen to God. He listens. He obeys. That's what righteousness is. That's what blamelessness is. That's what walking with God is. There is no righteousness, blamelessness, or walking with God apart from listening to him and doing what he says. If you're not listening to him and you're not doing what he says, you're not righteous, you're not blameless, you're not walking with God. It's pretty simple. Now, not everybody listened to God. You remember the story of Adam and Eve. God had told them, don't eat the fruit of this one tree. You can have all the other fruit, but not this one. And then they listened to the serpent instead and ignored what God had said, and they ate from the fruit and had horrible consequences from it. Cain didn't listen to God. The Lord came to Cain and said, hey, don't be upset. Just adjust the way you're relating to me, and everything will be fine. And Cain ignored that and went out and murdered his brother. Cain didn't listen to God, but Noah listened to God. God spoke and Noah listened. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. So what does this have to do with you guys? What does any of this have to do with you? This ancient history. I just want to point out one fact about this. God spoke. He spoke to Adam, Eve, Cain, Noah. And the most important thing about these people is how they responded. The only thing we have recorded in the Bible about these people is how they responded to God speaking to them. If I were to ask you, what's the most important thing about you? What do you think you would say? If we were just hanging out, getting a cup of coffee, grabbing an ice cream cone, chatting, and I said, what would you say is the most important thing about you? I want to get to know you better. What might come to mind? That you're so good-looking that you're the funny one in your group of friends, that you're really good at this or you're really good at that, that you did this in your life or you did that. 
But we see here the way God sees it, the most important thing about you is how you respond when he speaks to you. Do you listen and do you obey? God spoke, Noah listened, and that's the most important thing we know about him. And guess what? God still speaks. This is ancient history, but God still speaks, and he speaks to you. And how you respond is the most important thing about you. God still speaks. And he speaks in three ways, and you can write this down. Okay, I'm going to do these quickly. They all start with S. That's preaching magic. If you can make them start with the same letter. Three ways. And remember, when I list these out, God's words can do things that our words can't. And we're going to see that in three different ways here. Scripture, Son, and Spirit. These are the three ways. God still speaks. First, he speaks through Scripture. His words written down by people through history called prophets. He still speaks through Scripture. Now, I brought with me a journal. Now, when my grandfather, Bell, my mom's dad, passed away, uh, the family kind of divvied up his things. And somehow, I was, I was young. I, um, I might have been like a freshman in high school. I got his journals and his sketchbooks. And this is one of his journals. So I have my grandfather's journals, and I can read through those. And I can see that he spoke, and I can see what he spoke. But it's all past tense. When I read his journals, it's what he said, not what he says anymore. Because my grandfather, Bell, as great a man as he was, he's dead now. He has died. He's not talking to me now. Now, as great as that is, what we have here is different from that. Because God's words can do things that our words can't do. So his words, written down in the Bible are alive, they're living and active. And when you sit down, if you will let him, and when you listen like this, if you will let him, he will speak to you now. You're not just reading what he said. You're hearing what he's saying. He is so awesome, and his words can do things so much better than our words can do. He can speak to you right now through Scripture, through his word. I wonder if you've ever experienced that. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's worth praying for. It's worth reading for. I know some of you are like, well, I don't read. Well, first, I bet you do. And I bet you can. But even if it's not natural to you, it's worth the effort to hear God talking to you. It's amazing. It's not like my grandfather's journal. It's living and active. Second one. First one is scripture. The second way God speaks today is through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want to read to you just three quick verses. These are some of the most bizarre verses in the Bible. This is from the book of John. And you don't have to flip over there if you'd like. You can just, it'll be projected. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And then we're going to skip down to verse 14. But it says this. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. 
And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now, this is strange. Some of you just maybe pretend like it's the first time you've heard it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh. It it became human with a body. And the Word became flesh and dwelt or lived among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now try to wrap your minds around this, remembering that God's words can do things our words can't. Somehow, God was able to make his word, his communication, his spoken word about himself, he was able to make it human. His word became flesh. It became human. It became a person and lived with us. Now, can you do that? I want so bad for you to understand the words I say from up here. And I, I, sometimes I have more success with that, with that than others. But I can't speak the message I want you to understand. And between here and by the time it gets to Ace, it become human and be able to act out what I'm trying to communicate. I can't do that. God's word somehow did that. That's one of the ways we understand Jesus Christ. And we know Jesus was God's son. We know Jesus is the part of God and the Trinity. We, and we know that Jesus is God's clearest communication to us. His word made flesh. So in Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection for you, we hear God's clearest communication to us. And it still speaks. And that gospel, that good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is still God's power to save people. So God speaks to us through Scripture, through His Son, and finally through the Spirit. So in Scripture, it's God's Word written by prophets. In His Son, it's God's Word made human. And in the Spirit, it's God's Word made alive. The Son comes alive when the Holy Spirit makes the Son come alive to you. The Scripture comes alive when the Holy Spirit makes it come alive to you. Now, some, for some of us in here, it's all still dead and inanimate. It's, it's like my grandfather's journal, an inanimate object. It's, it's not alive. And that probably means that you don't have the Holy Spirit making it come alive to you. Now, this is a old reference, but I know most everybody in here has seen it. You remember Toy Story? Okay, simple concept. The toys are just objects to be played with and moved around when the people are in the room, and then when they leave the room, they come alive, and they scatter about, and they have a life of their own. That coming alive and scattering about and having a life of its own, that's what the Holy Spirit does with the Son and with the Scripture. There is this book in your lap, and I don't know if you've all experienced this, but this book in your lap, if you have the Holy Spirit and if you are prayerfully asking for him to make it come alive, it will come alive and scatter about in your heart, and it will speak to you. The good news of Jesus Christ will come alive and speak to you of your forgiveness and of God's goodness and your new relationship with him. 
Now, all this can be hard to understand, and I understand that. Let me just land on one simple point that I think we can all relate to. All this means that if this is boring, okay, if right now is boring to you, and if you, when you try to read the Bible, you know you should, so you try, but it's just so boring. Just do this one thing. Pray and ask God through the Holy Spirit to just make it come alive to you. Have you ever prayed before I preached, Spirit, make this come alive to me? You should do that because I know I'm not the most exciting guy, but surely you don't come here to hear me anyway, right? You come here to hear God. So tomorrow morning, this afternoon, tonight before bed, if you'll open your Bible and you'll say, okay, I'm gonna, I've tried it before and it was boring as looking at a rock, but I know I need to read the Bible. Father, please, through your Holy Spirit, make it come alive to me. Try it. See what happens. God still speaks to us through the Scripture, through his Son, through the Spirit. And just like Adam and Eve and Cain and Noah, the most important thing about you is how you respond. God speaks and we listen. So we'll end by asking ourselves, or I'll ask you, are you like Adam and Eve and Cain, ignoring God's word? Or are you like Noah? Can it be said of you as it was of Noah? And fill in the blank, your name did all that the Lord had commanded him. God still speaks, and we listen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for your son and for the Holy Spirit. And I just pray for each person that you brought here this morning to hear it. That by your Holy Spirit, you would make it come alive. And that we would be a church of people who listen and obey your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.